Well, hello again, and welcome to Gab and Grow, where you're eventually going to hear everything that you need to know about being a successful student at Western Connecticut State University. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and today we are talking to some of the most well-known staff here at WCSU. We have with us from the Office of Financial Aid and Student Employment, Director Melissa Stevens. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mary Beth. And Associate Director Amanda Favall. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank so, you. It might have been a little sarcastic that you're the best known people on campus, but I think a bulk of our students know you, so maybe not that far <laughs> off um, because so many students go through financial aid. Um, can you tell me a little bit about financial aid and student employment and your office in general? Sure. Um, the Office of Financial Aid is located in the old main building. Um, we have been there since I've been part of the office, which is over 24 years now. Um, I know. <laughs> the Office of Financial Aid is responsible for administering all sorts of financial assistance, including grants, Pell grants, federal grants, state grants, um, as well as um, federal loans, as well as private loans. Um, we also assist the bursar's office in establishing payment plans and those sorts of things. Um, so that's the bulk of what we do in general. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you wanted to add? Did I miss anything? Um, <clears throat> student employment. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we also are responsible for um, the administration and the management of student employment. Um, in any given year, we can have anywhere from 600 student employees on campus to um, as few as 400 in a yeah. year. Um, so we basically are there to assist students in making higher education a possibility for them. That's great. How many students do you see usually? Um, see physically in our office, or, um, things I, are, are yeah. changing. Yeah. Um, so students um, tend to be much more comfortable online. communicating with us online, yeah. via email, sometimes even via text, um, or they like to call. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have so much volume, no. in-person volume yeah. in our office anymore. Students just are too busy, mm -hmm. um, and just the, the mode of communication has yeah. changed over the years. Yeah. Um, we see we process aid for over 80% of our population oh, wow. um, in some form. So mm -hmm. whether it's grants or just loans or loans in combination with grants, um, almost over 80% of our students yeah. are being processed through our office. So you talked about some of the things that make up all the things that you do, federal grants and state things and scholarships and those kind of things. Can you, I guess, maybe talk in a little more detail about some of the different kinds of aid that's available. Yes, so there is title what we call Title IV aid, which is federal aid, um, which consists of the federal Pell Grant, the mm -hmm. federal SEOG, federal work study, and then your federal direct loan programs, both the subsidized, unsubsidized, and federal direct parent plus loan. And that's what we can what we call Title IV aid. In order for a student to be to receive any of those, they have to complete the FAFSA form. And the FAFSA form is the free application for federal student aid. It is free. So this is my little plug for students. Do not pay anybody to do your FAFSA yeah. form. Um, and that is one component of aid. There is another component, which is state aid, um, which consists of funding that we receive from the state, mm -hmm. um, what we also call student set-aside aid. Um, where students can receive what's called the Connecticut State University Grant. Then we have a, a small source of institutional funding called the Western Connecticut State University Fund, um, where we generate funds actually from parking fines and vending fees and those sorts of things mm -hmm. um, that we can then give out to students. But it all pretty much begins with the FAFSA form. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and FAFSA went through some changes in its timing last year, was it? Two years ago? Two years ago. Um, so historically, you were able to apply for financial aid beginning January 1 of every year for that mm. upcoming academic year. Um, and under the Obama administration, that did change so that students were allowed to complete the FAFSA form as early as October 1st, which was prior to right. the academic year. Um, and it was hopes that if students applied earlier, they would then receive more complete financial aid information mm -hmm. in enough time to make better decisions for themselves or be able to plan ahead. Right. And you were able then to use that last year's filings to do your FAFSA form rather than waiting for your parents to fill out that is with correct. the next year's one, which that is correct. I, so, I think made it yeah. much easier. <laughs> so in the past, historically, um, many students hadn't even completed their tax returns yet, mm -hmm. or families in particularly business owners yeah. who don't file their taxes as of January 1. Yeah. Um, and so what was happening is students were using an estimate mm -hmm. or the prior year's tax returns yeah. to estimate. And it was um, really not allowing for accurate awarding. Mm -hmm. um, many times students had to change information, which in yeah. sense would then possibly change their award. Yeah. So again, Again, under the Obama administration and pushing the date back to October 1st, not only allow them to apply earlier and get more information, but get more accurate information right. using what we call the prior, prior year mm -hmm. tax return, yeah. because that's already filed. It's right. already been filed, submitted, you got your refund, and you have the information you need to complete the FAFSA. The other thing that I'd like to add is that on the FAFSA form, the other change was a tool that they've added onto the FAFSA form called the IRS Data Retrieval Tool. And what that allowed students and families to do is instead of worrying about what line do I get the adjusted gross right. income from, what is the proper line to get the tax um, paid from, what they could do is simply link directly to the IRS mm -hmm. and that information comes in directly for them. So they don't have to worry about plugging in numbers or getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And then the information is just transferred over. So it's allowed That's for nice. much better accuracy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know when Elliot was coming to school, it was before that change had occurred. Yeah. And we don't even get our W-2s, right. you know. Yeah. And, and people don't have to provide them until the end of January. So, yeah. you know, wanting to get that done as soon as possible, it, it was a high-stress time for people. Yeah. So hopefully that's Absolutely. pulled a little of that back. And it has. And actually, we've already begun our processing for 1920. And it's only December. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have already bought in over 4,000 FAFSA yeah. forms versus yeah. bringing in 6,000 last February. Yeah. So we're seeing a, a huge increase in students actually taking the opportunity to apply earlier. And it's a lot yeah. of our returning students who are actually doing it. And 1920 is our banner code for next spring. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yes. People are going to hear 1920. I'm sorry. They're like, what if she's going back no. in time to get a work funding? No, no, no. So. so I'm talking about the 2019, <laughs> yeah. 2020 academic year. My apologies. Yeah. That's okay. We, uh, I, we speak yeah. a different language we speak financially. Yeah. Yes. We speak We speak we FAFSA. Speak FAFSA. <laughs> yes. um, so what is a, a general student, if they're looking to receive aid, what are the first things they need to do? FAFSA is obviously probably the first thing. So um, we actually say that financial aid is actually pretty easy, and you could do it in one, two, three, mm -hmm. um, and we mean it. And it's basically apply, um, respond, and then follow up. Yeah. And those are the three steps to financial <laughs> aid. And so it's applying, completing the FAFSA form, 
but also many of our students get selected for a process called verification. Okay. Actually, thousands of our students do. And what it essentially is is ensuring that the information they provided on the FAFSA form is accurate mm -hmm. and true. Um, and it actually is a, an accountability piece for the financial aid administrators to ensure that we're awarding based on accurate information and that we're mm -hmm. checking the things that we need to check. Um, so students will receive, if they are selected for verification, they will receive many, many emails from <laughs> a company called Inceptia. It is a third party that we have contracted with, and actually all the schools throughout the state have, mm -hmm. um, have contracted with so that they complete the verification requirements directly with our third party vendor, Inceptia. And um, what that allows them to do is instead of walking into financial aid with a stack of paper yeah. um, and not necessarily knowing what document to give me or maybe it's not signed or um, is they can upload it right directly to the um, gateway mm -hmm. by taking a picture of it on their phone and they upload it and then um, Inceptia conducts the verification for us yeah, and cool. then notifies us. Yeah. So it has really allowed us to streamline the process and it has taken away that burden in the load out of our offices yeah. and really allowed us to be able to give students more one-on-one -on -one attention, mm -hmm. which is really what our job is. Yeah. Yeah. So what what kinds of things do you find that students, like, what are some of their biggest mistakes or misunderstandings that they have about how financial aid works? Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes they make is just not following up with us or not mm -hmm. responding to our emails. And then, you know, we get down to the wire and everyone's kind of like panicky about getting their stuff yeah. done. So I think the biggest thing we could do is push for them to read their emails, you know, read our website, follow up with us, even just, you know, if you're not getting anything from us, maybe that's a red flag also mm -hmm. um, to contact us to see, do you have it? Did I do it correctly? Do you need anything else from me? Yeah. And something like that. that we really press upon in our office when we're talking to students is that we don't expect them to know our jobs. Yeah. We don't expect you to know what is verification and what exactly are you doing mm -hmm. with it. We're not expecting that. We just want you to ask us the questions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, we always say, like, we're right in on the main campus here. You could stop in at any point and say, hey, just checking in. Is everything mm -hmm. in place that I that I need? Um, one of the biggest misconceptions or difficulties is, is many students um, receive um, information from other schools mm. and so they'll often bring it to us and say well how come x school is giving us so much more than y school and one of the conversations we often have to have is that it's it's relativity um, mm -hmm. so if you're going to a school that costs sixty thousand dollars it might make sense that you would get thirty thousand dollars right. in a grant but if you're coming to a school that is much more affordable and mm -hmm. reasonably priced like western and we cost say twenty thousand dollars right. you are not going to get $20,000, yes. you may only get ten or $5,000 mm -hmm. because it's all really relative. So sometimes we have to have those conversations and break it down. The other bis big misconception is that um, everybody gets something mm -hmm. um, or that, you know, because the application is there and I could do it, that I must be eligible for something. Yeah. And that's not always the case. And students are guaranteed funds, um, like the Federal Direct Student Loan Program. All students are guaranteed that, but how much you get and in what type of mm -hmm. loan all really is based on the information mm -hmm. you've provided on the FAFSA form. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the things that you have to be a good consumer about, too, is that, you know, what are the loans that you're you're getting and what are the rates and and paying them back and absolutely you know i know just paying back student loan kinds of things that it's it's so easy to say oh i'll just you know i'll take this a little bit more right 
because you're not thinking about what happens after you graduate and, and you leave school and and it takes a long time to pay back some of those loans. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I know firsthand as a, as a student myself when I was mm-hmm. um, much younger, um, <laughs> and I did not borrow sensibly, yeah. um, and I didn't have that information readily available. But there are, that is, you know, student loan indebtedness is, is one of the biggest um, challenges our nation faces, mm-hmm. especially with the rising cost of higher education. Yeah. And students really need to borrow sensibly. They need to know how much do I really need? Is there any way that I could plan in advance? Can I start to save a little bit of money with my part-time job so I could reduce my loan indebtedness mm-hmm. instead of just quickly signing on the dotted line? Because they will eventually have to repay it, and yep. it will add up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have a – my brother-in-law is a physics professor, so he did loans through grad school too. And, you know, he's he's been teaching for 20 years, and he's still paying off a few <laughs> yeah. of those yeah. loans. So, Absolutely. You know, it's it's a lifetime – it's a lifetime thing if you're not it is. too careful about and, it. So. And, you know, it's I say this to students all the time is um, you're, I am a firm believer that your education is the, the most important investment mm-hmm. you can make in yourself. And many of our students or anybody won't think twice about taking out a car loan for yeah. $25,000 right. when they graduate. Yep. Um, so if you, in that depreciates the moment you take it off the mm-hmm. lot and you're going to do it again in five more years yeah. when the car is not working anymore. However, your education is something that can never be taken away. Yeah. So if borrowing is your only way, mm-hmm. it is an investment in yourself um, and that will never devalue. Right. Um, so if you're going to finance anything, education would be the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the other you know, conversation is not everybody can afford to go to the $60,000 mm-hmm. school and students. Um, and I think more and more students are realizing I could get the same value of education mm-hmm. at a more affordable school like a Western yeah. instead of a high priced $70,000 school yeah. and have the same experience. Yeah. Or better. Yeah, or better. better, I mean, we are here, so. We are. (laughs) Well, and all of us are alums, too, right? right. So Absolutely. And that's, I think that speaks volumes. I mean, I started my career as a student worker in financial aid, Mm -hmm. and I hired Amanda 15 years ago as a (laughs) student worker in my office. And we've never left. (laughs) Because it's so great here at Western. (laughs) And they can't get us out again. Absolutely. Um, Sometimes we have parents who listen to our our little podcast here and so one of the things i wanted to touch base on is the whole you know ferpa and student privacy thing and i think you guys probably more than a lot of other offices feel the brunt of that a little more because you're asking parents for you know private financial information and you're you know they're paying for what's left that isn't covered by financial aid sometimes and then if you don't have releases, they're Absolutely. not you're not able to talk with them about things. So can, yeah, that can is you talk a, a little more about that? Yeah, so that's a conversation that happens every day yeah. in our office. <laughs> and basically, um, we do not discuss matters with anybody but the student without permission. That's and this is based yeah. on FERPA regulations. Um, and, and I tell parents all the time, it's not because we've now met you and decided we don't like yeah. you, so now we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but it's really about protecting our students and not mm-hmm. recognizing that the, our students are our customer. They are who are we are serving. And, yes, we're here to assist parents, but we need to do so with the student's permission. Yeah. Um, so it's actually very simple um, mm-hmm. in that students have to complete a consent form. It's submitted to the registrar. 
registrar's office and then recorded in our student information system mm -hmm. so that everybody can see who and what we can discuss matters with. So students also have an option to say, I would like my parents to have the ability to talk to you about money, but not my grades. Right. <laughs> and yeah. that's a pretty common one. Yeah. Um, and we recognize the challenge for many parents because many of our parents are the ones who are doing mm -hmm. as, as I do, um, do everything for <laughs> <Yeah>. our children. <laughs> They're the ones completing the FAFSA for most times. They're the ones who are paying for it. They're the ones who are trying to struggle to get mm -hmm. a payment plan set up. Yep. So they're like, what do you mean I, you can answer my questions? Yeah. I'm the one who's actually footing this bill. Um, and I can appreciate that as a parent. However, there are regulations we have to follow. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really simple. If a student does the consent, we can discuss whatever yeah. you'd like. As a practice in our office, when a parent asks to meet with us in person, mm -hmm. we prefer that yep. the student be right. with them. And yep. and it's important that the student's there because the student's really the one who needs to understand right. everything. And when mom and dad are not here, mm -hmm. we are. You know, mm -hmm. we're in the office. So the student needs to be able to have a, a connection with a person right. in the office, know a face, know a name, yep. and feel comfortable enough to come in and say, hey, Melissa, I met with you and with my mom, but I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Or can you help me get a book? You know, I, yeah. I don't have enough money to get my psychology yeah. book or whatever it might be. And do you miss that piece if they're not present right. in the meetings? Right. So we do request um, when possible that a parent brings a student, even if we have consent, with mm -hmm. them so that they are part of the process. Right. And they understand what they're getting into and what the process is and, and that it's not always so easy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think having a daughter in college, too, <laughs> that I like to have her know what's going on. Absolutely. And I worked really hard to make her independent. So half the time she's well aware of what's going on. It takes care of it and I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, but I think one of the things that you can do if you're a parent is have some of those discussions about the information sharing and things early so that mm -hmm. it's not, you know, something is screwed up with my financial aid. <laughs> you have to fix it, mom. Right. And and then find out that you can't fix it because we can't talk with you about it. So, right. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. It's really important that students are part of the process um, in that they're they're invested in the process mm -hmm. so that they understand what's going in and they can help themselves essentially when mom and dad are not here mm -hmm. to assist them. And I think as parents, we all that is our goal to make our children independent. Yeah. I don't know how well I'm doing, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have boys, and that's always yeah, a that's, little bit. They're a little different. They're a special. Little harder struggle. So, <laughs> yes. Um, your your office does student employment too. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? We did have Anna Maria on, and her podcast aired a few weeks before this one is airing. Okay. But um, you know, just to remind people what goes on in your office with student employment. Yeah. So we award out um, funds through the federal work study program and it is a need-based program and we typically give it to our, our neediest students. Um, and it's an opportunity for students to work on campus. They get a paycheck bi-weekly. It is not money that comes off of their bill. And it's also a wonderful opportunity for them to get some in-service training, you know, some yeah. skills that they can use in the real world when they're done with us. Mm -hmm. um, and as you can see, it works so well for me and for you and Amanda. <laughs> yeah. So work-study works. Um, and what we do is every year we do have a student employment job fair that I'm sure mm -hmm. Anna has spoken about, um, which is a wonderful opportunity for students to kind of come in um, without the pressures of it being one-on-one -on -one and kind of walk around and get a sense of what's mm -hmm. available. Um, we also manage um, student employment for non-work-study students. So students don't have to have work-study to mm -hmm. work on campus. 
they can work for a department like housing mm -hmm. or financial aid or the library or police department or maintenance um, or any of the other administrative offices that have an operating budget that they can use towards student employment. Mm -hmm. And there's really no difference to the student. The student still gets yeah. a paycheck biweekly. They still enter in their time the same way. Um, and the biggest difference is who's paying them. Yeah. What pocket is it coming out of? Um, and we we administer that program as well. We've collaborated with um, Kathleen Lindenmeyer and Career mm -hmm. Services, and they have a wonderful um, product on our website called Westcon Works. And right. that's where all of the jobs for students who don't place employment during the student employment fair, where they can find um, possible work both on and off campus. Cool. Yeah. So your office is on the first floor of Old Main. It is. Correct. You guys are all over social media. So where can people <laughs> find you on social yeah. media? So we are on Instagram, uh, WCSU Financial, Financial Aid. Aid. Um, we also have a Facebook page that I don't think is too popular, mm -hmm. um, but it is there, and it's WCSU <laughs> Financial Aid. Um, we are not yet on Twitter. We are uh, not. We are not. Um, but we are on Instagram and Facebook. Cool. Yep. Um, we're running out of time. Okay. Like you can't cover financially in 20 minutes or so. No, because no. then I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are what are a few things that you want to leave in people's minds that they really need to know and pay attention to for financial aid? Um, students, um, first and foremost, know our deadline. Mm -hmm. um, time is money in the world of financial aid. Yeah. So March 1st is our priority deadline. Um, all returning students and freshmen have the same exact deadline. Um, we encourage students to apply as early as possible because money is given out pretty much on a first-come, first-served basis, and contrary to popular belief, there's a limit to it. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> you, you need to do that. The other thing is simply find us if you have questions. Don't be afraid. I know financial aid by its very nature can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, for, for many students, basically with a simple yes or no, we can determine whether or not you know higher education is a possibility for them, um, and we recognize that. So we do try to do things that take the facade of financial yeah. aid mm -hmm. away from us and the fear and the anxiety and just say, we are people, come ask. Yeah. And if you don't know what to ask, just say, hey, I don't know what to ask you, but I know mm -hmm. that I need a book yeah. or I, I know that I've run out of meals or whatever it might yeah. be and allow us to take it from there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and read your email. Read your <laughs> email. Please yeah. read your email. Because your WCSU email. I was going to yes. say, it's WCSU email. Let's yes. yes, please. Yes. That, so. And if you're an incoming student who may be listening to this, read your email that you've applied to the institution with, whatever mm -hmm. you put on your Common App, mm -hmm. refer to that because that's where we're talking to you. Once yeah. you become a student and you are enrolled here, we will then only talk to you via your WCSU email. Yeah, yeah. it's just important to check that for so many other reasons. Oh, know, absolutely. It's, it's where most yep. of us are doing our communications with you about important timely thing so yes take a look at it you, you you can throw it away when you're done but right you know it, yeah it's not taking that much time out of your day yeah. so and the other <laughs> other thing i would like to highlight is again i mentioned we have um we are using a third-party vendor to do mm -hmm. our verification in septia it is a legitimate company so if you get the email um, it should say Verification Gateway WCSU 2020 for the upcoming year or mm -hmm. 2019 for the current year. Um, please respond to them. Do yeah. whatever it is they need. And if you need assistance, contact our office and we can assist you as well. Yeah. They're very helpful. I can tell you from personal experience. Yes. So. yes. Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> we try. 
So thank you both, uh, Melissa and Amanda, for coming in and talking with us today. Thank I'm you. I'm sure we'll find time to have you back to, you know, talk in more specifics about things because there's just so much yes. to talk about in this area. So, Absolutely. you know, I appreciate your time so far. If you are listening in and you have questions that came up while you were listening that we didn't answer, um, please give me uh, an email at my WCSU email, which is griffinm at wcsu.edu. Um, there's lots of things coming up on Gab and Grow later this semester, so please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and don't miss a single thrilling episode. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it for now. Thanks. And Thank you. Thank you, Mary Beth, for having us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.